in Jesus name this is our heart's desire we want to be with you thank you to do the personal God this morning not afar not away on holiday not asleep but this, this morning Lord this day you are ready Lord to release what heaven has in store for us we glorify in Jesus name Come on, the people of God said amen and amen. I'm not going to be too long. I sense the presence of the Lord filling this place. So uh, we're going to, in a few minutes from now, I, I believe we're going to enter the presence of the Lord and worship the King of glory a little bit further. Who's excited to be in the house of the Lord? We pray that this lockdown will end, that church can go back to normal and no more limits of 50 in a, in a building. But thank God that you are here. It's cold out there. It's hot inside because Jesus is alive. Tell your neighbor, Jesus is alive. If this is your first time, this is not an ordinary church. In this church, the Holy Spirit has liberty. He's the King of glory. So He moves and we laugh and we jump and we cry and we shout and we roll and we slap and whatever Whatever happens, happens. Amen. Wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. This is not a religious institute. All right. This is a place where fellow Christians come together to worship a great king. Amen. And there's no religion in here. This is just a relationship. Everything here is based on relationship. And I'm really believing that we are living in the greatest time ever. Who feels that? All right. So if I'm a bit excited this morning, all right, don't worry. You're going to get there. But I'm excited to preach the gospel of Jesus to you, preach the word to you. So the Lord has been dealing with me, and I've said it earlier, and I want to say this again, the, the level of the depth that the Lord has taken me into the past few weeks, I've never been there with the Lord before. I always thought to myself, the place that I am with the Lord, I'm happy there, you know, because there the Lord uses me, and I know Him, and, and etc. But where the Lord is taking me now, I've never been before. I become, and, and uh, let me just tell you this, you become so aware of Him, that you know, you have mountains in front of you, but the mountains no longer matter because he's the king of that mountain. Amen. And nothing in this world, you know, everything weighs us down, but nothing matters anymore because he's your sole purpose in life. And nothing else drives you but the presence of the Lord. You are so presence driven. And a lot of people tell me, you know, it's just about the presence. You can't push the presence so much. You can't, cannot not push the presence as much. We need the presence of the Lord. And in, in this hour we are living in, I've said this morning, I want to say this again, is I believe that the one or two things that the Lord is doing now, um, number one, consecration and holiness. Say consecration and holiness. So the Lord is calling His people for consecration and holiness because Jesus is coming back for a what? A glorious church. I know holiness is a four-letter word in some circles, but I still believe in holiness. I still believe that we serve a holy God. And a lot of people say He's a just God and merciful, and He is. But the Bible also says He's a righteous judge. And, and in one day we will have to give accountability for our own lives. And this is why the Lord is calling us for, for righteousness, holiness, separation from this world. And number two, the Lord is, is looking for a people that will become so intimate with Him. If I say intimate with the Lord, I want to say so intimate that you say Jesus and His very presence flows like a river all over you. When you read the name Jesus, you cry. When you hear the name Jesus, you weep. When you read scriptures about Him, you weep. Everything on the inside of you is weeping out and crying out for a true and living God. And so what I'm going to 
teach on this morning. I'm going to teach a bit and then I'll, I'll get into preaching. But I believe it's, it's very important to understand that, you know, there's a scripture in the Bible that the Lord says, not everybody that, that comes and says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of God, but those who have done the will of my Father. Many will come and say, Lord, we have cast out demons in your name. We have raised the dead. Let's go away. I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. And that, that scripture just got me. So I thought to myself, well, this, the, the Lord Jesus was referring to somebody that knew him, but he didn't knew them. So it's not about if you know Jesus. It's not about that. It's about if Jesus knows you. Does heaven know your name? You know, somebody told me the one day, they said, you're not as famous on the earth as, as you should be at this moment. I said, as long as heaven knows my name. I don't care if people know me as long as there's a heaven to gain. Come on, I said, there's a world to shun and a heaven to gain. And we don't care about this world because we are not from this world. We're just passing through somebody in this building with me. Come on, we have a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And we are part of that kingdom. And we are part of that kingdom's economy. And this world is not ours. Hallelujah. Thank God this world. Listen, this, this is a mess. We're living in a mess. And my God is not a mess. Hallelujah. Thank God that when, when everything ends, He's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. And this, this filthy earth is passing away. Hallelujah. And we're going to live with the King of glory forever and forever and forever. And it's going to be so soon. Listen, it's going to be so soon that we're going to meet the Lord in the air and we will be with Him forever. I want to use Tinnis as an example on this one. I like to use him. We, my, my dad and myself and Tinnis were in a location at once. And Tinnis didn't know that my dad left with me. So we left. So Tinnis is calling me. Where are you? I said, I'm just somewhere. Where's your dad? Next to me. Okay, I just wanted to check. I said, so, okay, you thought the rapture happened. Because if he heard my voice, he wanted to make sure my dad is still there. He, he knew my dad is gone. Okay, we're in trouble. All right. So, but, so even Tinas knows that Jesus is coming back very soon. Very, very soon. We're going to meet the Lord in the air. What a sweet reunion it's going to be. Hallelujah. Say hallelujah. Now I want you to open your Bibles with me to the book of John chapter 4, verse 22. And I'm going to teach a little bit on this. Before I, I ask you to read this with me, just keep your finger then, just look at me quickly. There's a portion in scripture where Jesus asked the disciples, who does man say that he is? And then the disciples started saying to him, Lord, some call you prophet, some call you Jeremiah, some call you teacher. And so Jesus wasn't much interested in what people called him. Because truly he is a prophet. He's a teacher. But he wanted to know what revelation they have received. And they said, Peter said, Lord, you, uh, when Jesus said, who do you say that I am? Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said to him, Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. So Peter had a revelation that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, Amen. the king of all kings, Amen. and the Lord of all lords. And this is the thing, right through scripture, from Genesis to Revelation, you'll see that God is a God of revelation, Amen. and through revelation, he's a God of manifestation. Let me take you, give you an example. There's people in this building that you sit here and you believe that the Lord can heal you. Why? Because you have received the revelation that He's a healer. Maybe you were sick one day and He healed you, and suddenly now you have a revelation that He's a healer. So you can trust God for healing, no problem, because that's the revelation you have of Him. But, and, and yes, let me just add on to that. Yes, He still heals today. 
He's never changing. I know people say, well, healing stopped 2,000 years ago. Then he's a respecter of man. My Bible says it clearly that Jesus is not a respecter of man. So why is not everybody being healed? Because not everybody's believing. And not everybody's living the life. All right, on that subject. The Lord heals. He still heals. And He will always heal. Because you can't take healing away from Jesus. It's His nature to heal. Come on, it's His nature to heal. To say the Lord is not healing is to say the Lord is not alive. If Jesus is alive today, He still heals. He still saves and He still delivers. Can somebody shout hallelujah? He's a great physician. The Bible talks about Him as a physician, a great physician. So some of you have a revelation that He can heal, but He, he can't provide. Some people have a revelation that is a provider. So you, you, you don't struggle trusting God for stuff. But maybe you have a struggle for trusting Him for healing. Because your revelation that you received of Him is that He's a provider. But if you understand this, the Bible calls Him an all-sufficient God. In other words, there's revelation to healing. There's revelation to provision. There's, there's, there's so much revelation about Him. The goodness of, of God. There's so much revelation. So when the Lord asked Peter, who do you say that I am? What revelation did you receive from me? Now, I want you to hear me. Hear this scripture. Jesus spoke to a Samaritan woman. And she said to him, Lord, she said, we've heard about Jesus, the Messiah that will come. We all know that, and I'll, I'll touch on it later. We said, it is I. You're speaking to him. But here, this is what Jesus said to her. You worship what you do not know but we know what we worship for salvation is of the jews now i want you to stop there look at this again jesus told the samaritan woman you worship who you do not know this is exactly what religion does religion makes you to worship stuff that you don't know this is why they have to go and bow before dead statues this is why they go to a place in, in, in the Far East, where they have to walk around a tomb that has been sealed off, they have to worship who they do not know. And yes, Jesus coming, He says, but we know who we worship. And it doesn't stop there. He says, for salvation came of the Jews. But it goes on. Then He says, but here's the thing. But the hour is coming. That hour is coming. And now is, Jesus says, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Now, pause there. He spoke to a Samaritan woman. This means he spoke to a Gentile. He said, salvation came from the Jews. But I want to tell you that the greatest worshipers is coming now. Who are they? The Gentiles. That will worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. You will worship God, not according to how you feel, but you will have true reality of what you worship. We will no longer sing songs about how holy he is without having a revelation of His holiness. So here's what Jesus says. He says, and the Father is seeking such people that will do what? Worship Him. Say with me, worship Him. Worship Him in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. So the Father was seeking a people that will worship Him in spirit and in truth and not through religion. Because the Jews have religion. It's quiet now. The Jews has religion. But, the, the, but Jesus came and says, My Father is not interested in this religion. He's looking for people that will be so in love with Him. That when they sing songs about His holiness, that, they, that people have a very vision of that holiness. That people will, will worship Him from a reality of what they know. So here's Jesus saying, you have got no idea who you worship. This is the problem that we have today. People have no idea who they worship. I can, I can talk to people about Jesus and they can speak to me about Him for about five minutes and they don't know much more what to say. But when you have revelation of Jesus, you can speak about Him for days without an end. 
Just by knowing the Bible, I can, I can mention Jesus in every book of the Bible. From Genesis points to Jesus. Exodus points to Jesus. Come on, every book of the Bible points back to Him. Come on, I can tell you so much about the Savior of the world, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. One thing I want to throw in free of charge, that there's only one name. And the Bible says there's no other name given. I said there's no other name given through which a man should be saved. But through the name of Jesus Christ. Hare Krishna cannot do it. And Muhammad cannot do it. And Buddha cannot do it. And Allah cannot do it. There's only one. Come on, I said there's only one. I said there's only one. And Jesus is his name. And you know what? To top it all off, it says the day will come that every single knee will have to bow and every single tongue will have to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. This means the mockers, the scoffers, the unbelievers, the atheists, every single one, even the animals will have to bow their knees and worship the King of glory and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. How many in this building believe that Jesus Christ is the Lord? How many of you in this building believe that there's no greater one than Jesus Christ? I want to tell, tell you this, in this world we're living in, we don't need a new government. We don't need the politics. We need a move of Jesus. We need the presence of the Lord. Because the presence of the Lord will take hard hearts. Hardened hearts. Hearts of rock and turn it into hearts of flesh. It's only the presence of the Lord that can do that. It's only the presence of God. Once it starts to move in places, people will turn to the Lord. Is somebody listening to me in this building? Come on, tell your neighbor, we need Jesus now like never before. If you haven't said it, you don't, you don't need him as much. Let's try that again. We need Jesus now more than ever before. Hallelujah. 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 Now more than ever before. And when you know about who I'm speaking to, uh, or speaking about rather, there will be something in your heart that will leap this morning. And you'll be changed forevermore. You know, John the Baptist, when he saw Christ afar, he looked up and he says, Behold, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. How did he know that? Through revelation. He had a revelation. This is the what? The Lamb of God who will take away the sin of the world. Pilate later on spoke about Jesus and he says, Behold the man. After speaking to Christ for a few minutes, he came back and then he said something else. He says, Behold the king. Now I want you to read this quickly with me in the book of John 19. What happens in, in, in John 19, you will find out that they took Jesus captive. They have beaten him. They've whipped him. The Roman soldiers whipped him in such a way that his flesh was falling off his body. There was blood everywhere. And if you, if you study this, you will find out, he says, Jesus, then Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple rope, purple rope for a specific reason, because they mocked him as a king. So kings wore purple, so they gave him purple. They thought they mocking him. What they actually was doing, they was just releasing him into his destiny. They acknowledge that he's a king. And Pilate said to them, behold the man. Now, I want you to look at me quickly. In this portion of scripture, when, when they mocked Christ Jesus, they placed him in front of Pilate and everybody else, mocked him, put a, a purple robe on him, and, and said to the people, behold the man. After Pilate said, behold the man, he took Jesus away again, and then he questioned the Lord. He said to him, from where are you? 
Jesus didn't answer him. I always I like to refer back to this. If Jesus said to him where his kingdom was from, I can just, I can just imagine this. Come on, I want to ask you just to try to open up your spiritual eyes and see this. If Jesus said where his kingdom was, can you imagine all of heaven's hosts ready just for the word? Go. Just for the word. I can see Gabriel and Michael right in the front. And say, that's our, that's our Lord. They can't say Savior because he's not their Savior. All right, let's, I'll go into that. But you can see the whole heavenly host standing ready, waiting for the command of the Lord. Long story short, he goes on. Pilate said to him, don't you know that I have the power to let you go? And Jesus said to him, the only power you have over me is that which was given to you from above. Now, here's the thing. Pilate thought he has the power to free Jesus. <laughs> Jesus knew that he has the power to free Pilate from sin, from hell, and from the grave. And when Jesus told him that, he said, hang on now, hang on. This is not a normal man. He just said, behold the man. After Jesus spoke boldly, because the Bible says Jesus spoke boldly. They said they never heard a man speak like him. So suddenly Jesus is bold. And then he came back of Jesus. He says, now, hey, behold your king. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to put yourself in a first century Jew. Put, it, put yourself in his sandals. All right. And picture this. Here you stand in front of the palace. It's packed of people. And here you see a man. You've heard about a man called Jesus Christ. You've heard that he will be the savior of the world, the great Messiah. And when you look up, you see a man with, with flesh peeling off him. He just looks like a normal man. You see him with a crown of thorns on his head. And you thought, is this this? Is, is this the man? And you hear that Pilate says, behold the man. Now I want you to hear me quickly. The Bible says in the book of Genesis... It starts off in the book of Genesis in chapter 1. It starts off with the following. In the beginning. Is that right? Is that what is in your Bible? Go and read it. In the beginning. Go and read what the book of John says. In the beginning. Amen. So Genesis starts with in the beginning. The book of John starts with in the beginning. The, uh, the Genesis speaks about creation. The book of John speaks about new creation. Amen. This is where we comes in. So in the Bible says in the book of Genesis, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now I want you to hear me right now. He spoke a word and the stars were put in place. He spoke a word and the whole universe, the whole Milky Way, everything that you can... You listen, our eyes just see a Milky Way. There's billions of Milky Ways. There's so many planets, your mind can't, you can't even comprehend it. And God created all of those things by speaking one word. He created the animals and he, he created everything, the sun, the moons, and all the billions of billions of stars in the sky. The Bible says when he created them, he even gave them a name. Each one of them has a name. Oh, we serve a God with a high IQ. He's so clear. Come on, my goodness. You don't know who you serve. You serve a God who has mentioned and gave all the stars in the galaxies. Each one of them has a unique name. But I'm coming to the good stuff now. On the sixth day, on a Friday, the Bible says God created man in his image and in his likeness. Now let me just explain something to you. He created a whale. If you see a whale, wow, look at this big creature of the sea. But God does not say that about a whale. My, love, my, my wife, I almost said my love, my love wife, my wife love, 
she loves dolphins. Imagine that majestic creature in the sea. Wow, look at a dolphin. God does not say that about a dolphin. When we look at the galaxy, listen, you go to a farm, there's no lights, stars all over. Wow, look at the Milky Way. God doesn't think about the Milky Way like we do. But when God created man in his own image, in his own likeness, he stood back and he says, Ah, oh, behold the man. Amen. On the sixth day, he looked. Now, let me try to get into your head now. He looked at you. And he says, Ah, oh, behold the man. You are God's most prized possession. There's no other creature on planet earth created in his image but you. You didn't get this. Imagine this. He created all the galaxies in the, star, in the skies and he didn't stand back and says, Ah, oh, behold the man. When he created you. I can, can you imagine walking all over all around you and say, Wow, behold the man. Behold the man. And he had a plan for man. He had a plan for man. Hear me right now. I'm thinking about this. So he breathed his breath into man's nostrils. Man became a living being. All right, so it used the breath of God to breathe into you to become a living being. Now the Bible speaks about the word of God is God breathed. So every single time we hear the word of God, we receive life. This is why when you speak the word of God, life comes back. You can feel down and out and you hear the word of God and life comes back. What life? Faith. Faith is being charged and built up on the inside of you. Why? Because now the word of God is coming alive. The word of God is God breathed. So I, when I speak the word of God, what happens? God is breathing. I said, God is breathing. God is breathing, Adam. God is breathing, Adam. God is breathing, Adam. There's new life coming in you. I don't care how depressed you are how lonely you feel when you read the word of God life comes back in you you have faith to move mountains come on you have faith to kill giants you have faith to part the water that's just the effect of the word of God so God breathed over them they came a living being later on in scripture you hear the great Elohim the great El Elyon the great Jehovah Chikuni the great Jehovah Rofeka he says Adam where are you now, this is a God of the universe, the king of all kings, that wants to be intimate with man. So, yes, yes, the king, imagine the king of the universe calls you, Martin, where are you? Why? Because I can't wait to spend time with you. Amen. And that was the original plan for man, that God can be so intimate with you that we will have, we were supposed to be dwelling with God every single day. And also why you ask Adam, where are you? It's because Adam sinned. Adam wasn't in the presence of God because now Adam felt he's a, he's, a, uh, he's a mess. He slipped up. He's not good enough. He's shameful. And he, now he needs to hide. Suddenly he realizes he's naked. And the Bible says he, 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 he takes a, a fig leaf and tries to cover from a fig leaf. Now, I want you to hear me quickly. Adam was created to wear a crown every single day of his life Adam wasn't supposed even to work did you know that everything was provided for in the garden of Eden if you want to know what the garden of Eden looked like heaven if you look at what what was what the garden of Eden consisted of you can see you can find the same things in heaven you don't get this but now because Adam sinned the Bible says that 
about, because of sin, now he has to work. He has to toil the ground. So he has to work in thorn-infested ground. He has to toil. The Bible says he's going to have to work hard. So now this is why when, you, when I see a, a thorn tree, I curse that thing. Because it's part of the curse of the law. He had, he, it wasn't easy for him in that garden. Now he had to toil the, the thorn-infested. Are you listening to me? And, and, and now suddenly he's covering himself with fig trees because he's shameful. He's ashamed. He's ashamed. People need to understand this. On the sixth day, on a Friday, God created Adam. And he says, behold the man. More than 2,000 years ago, on a Friday, on the sixth day, Jesus stood on Passover right in front of a huge crowd with a crown on his head. The first Adam was supposed to wear the crown. But hear me quickly. When sin happened in, Eden, in the Garden of Eden, God made a vow. He said to the woman, I'm going to send the son. I'm going to send a man, a human being that will come and he will make right what the first Adam messed up. And he made a vow. He said the seed of the woman will crush the serpent's head. And that seed came out of Eve. Is somebody listening to me? And that seed has a name. And Jesus is his name. This is why at the mention, just the mention, this a whisper of the name of Jesus, every demonic power in hell is running in seven different directions. Just at the mention of that name of Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, because of that name, Jesus says, I give you all the authority. You will trample on scorpions and on serpents, and nothing shall by any means harm you. Why will no serpent harm you? Because Jesus did this. The seed of the woman crushed his head. So here, after 2,000 years ago, on the sixth day, on a Friday, here Jesus stood in front of a crowd. They shouted, crucify him. Crucify him. Kill him. Kill him. And the Bible says he, has a, he had a crown on his head. The first Adam was supposed to walk with a crown. The second Adam came with a crown. The first Adam had to work in a fawn-infested ground toil and had to work hard. And here comes the second Adam and he took those crown, the, the crown of thorns on his head. The first Adam was hiding away of shame. But the Bible says our Messiah did not hide his face from shame nor spitting. And he wore a purple garment and he faced every single mocker. Amen. Yeah, I don't have an idea what happened when the second Adam on the sixth day stood to the front and became our perfect sacrifice. He made everything right that was wrong. Now I want you to understand this for a very second. You know, Pilate had no idea what he was saying. When he said, behold the man, he had no idea what he was saying. But John knew exactly. When John wrote this, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, behold the man. There's a reason why John added that text in the scripture, behold the man. Pilate didn't know why he was saying behold the man. But John knew, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, why behold the man. Because Christ is the perfect man. Come on, He is the firstborn of all creation. God in the flesh. Come on, we are alive because He's life. We breathe because He's the breath. We exist because He's existence. I'm speaking to somebody right now. We are forgiven because He's our sacrifice. I am redeemed because He's my Savior. I am free because He became my freedom. His joy, my strength. 
His accomplishments, my reward. Somebody getting this? So why are we defeated? That was a good sermon. Thank you very much for coming. <laughs> Go and sit on this word and ask yourself, why then are we defeated? John knew why they called him, behold the man. Because Christ is the perfect man. You better hear me. He's the perfect man. There's no one greater than him. No one more holy, more pure, more glorious, more gracious, more kind than the precious man, Jesus Christ. Now, I, I, I love this. You know, if you think about the powerful man, Jesus, he spoke to the Samaritan woman and she said, we've heard about a man called Jesus. He would be the savior of the world, the Messiah that we're all waiting for. And Jesus said to her, I am he. In other words, woman, do you know who you're talking to? I am that man. <laughs> Come on, I'm the savior of the world. Think about this. If, this. if this doesn't get you excited, nothing will. Lord, if you have been here earlier, my brother would have been alive. Can you imagine Jesus had to say, hey, do you know who you're talking to? I'm the resurrection and I'm the life. Whoever believes in me shall never, never, ever die. Oh, I need to buy this one for myself. Shout hallelujah. I have access to the Father because he became my mediator. Behold the man. Behold the perfect man. Oh, Lord, I have a servant sick at home. I'll come and heal him. No, 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 Lord. I know exactly who you are. The perfect man. Just speak a word, Lord, and my servant shall be healed. Why? Because I have a revelation that you do not even have to come to my house. You speak a word because I have heard, Lord, that one day that you spoke a word and light came into existence. I've heard you say let and something happened. So just speak your word, Lord, and my servants shall be healed. Because I know I'm not speaking to just to any man. I'm speaking to the healer of all healers. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Glory be to the Lord. He's the man. I said, he's the man. You thought you're the man? No, no. He's the man. I said, Jesus is the man. And thank God, his parents is not here. He's the man. I said, Jesus is the man. The perfect man. When Pilate said, behold the man, what he was saying, behold the man that will provide your every need. Behold the man that will take the sin of this whole world upon him. Come on, behold the man that will take sickness and disease and deal with it on Calvary's cross. Behold the man that will make a way for you where there's no way. Come on, this is what Pilate said. Behold the man whose name is Jesus. He's called Counselor, Wonderful, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Behold the man. Who has a name above every other name. Come on, behold the man. That will die on the cross and on the third day rose in victory and power. Behold the man that will come back in like manner that you've seen him gone up. He will come back in the same way. Come on, behold the man. Behold the man. Behold the man that will become the living waters. Behold the man. This is what Jesus said when the disciples said, Lord, aren't you hungry? He said, I have food you know nothing about. They thought, who's bringing him food? If you know who I am, I am the man. I am the bread of life. Whoever eats of me will never hunger again. This is why he says, I am the man. Whoever has no money, come eat and drink freely. Because Jesus is the man. I want you to do me a big, big favor. Let all of heaven hear you and let all of hell hear you. I want you to jump to your feet and shout, Jesus is the man. Jesus is the man.
do better than that. Come on, Jesus is the man. Do you believe that? I said, do you believe that? John knew why he had to say he is the man. Behold the man. So John the Baptist says, behold the Lamb of God. The one who will take away the sins of the world. We need the Lamb of God. Thank Jesus that he died for us on the cross. You know, last night as I spent time in, the, in my prayer room, the Lord spoke to me and he said, a lot of Christians that walk in sin, knowing that they're sinning, they are crucifying Christ every single day. Because the book of Hebrews says, if you know what's right and wrong, and you still sin willfully after receiving the revelation of the truth, it's like you hanging Christ Jesus, you're crucifying him afresh again. People don't understand what the flesh does. The flesh crucifies Christ over and over again. When you walk in the spirit, the Bible says you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So when I walk in the spirit, I'm not crucifying Christ again. Do you know what I do? I live in his victory. I'm seated with him in heavenly places. So after Pilate spoke to Jesus, and Jesus said to him, the only power you have is that which was given from above. Pilate had a revelation. I'm not just speaking to a man. I'm speaking to royalty. I'm not just speaking to any royalty. I'm speaking to the king of kings. I'm speaking to the Lord of lords. He said, I'm going to have no blood. His blood is not going on my hands. There's nothing. You know, the Bible says, the Bible says, I can't condemn him. I find no fault in him. Why? Why? Because you can't find fault in truth. Some of you are going to get that revelation when you drive home. When he spoke to Christ, he knew this is the truth. Can't find fault in truth. And then he said, Behold your king. This is not just a man, but both needed to be in scriptures. Because the Holy Spirit wanted the body of Christ to understand that Christ is the man. The man that takes away, or not the, the lamb that takes away the son of the world, the man Christ Jesus, the perfect man. Amen. But also the king of kings. People think that Jesus is coming back on a on a donkey as a lamb. My goodness, he's coming back, the Bible says, as the lion of the tribe of Judah, with fire in his eyes and a sword in his hand, with no donkey cart. The Bible says, we're going to ride on horses. And do you know what? Jesus Christ is not standing in the back. The scripture says he will be in the forefront. He will be right in front in the battle. Hallelujah. Not coming back weak. Not coming back as a wimp. Coming back strong and mighty. Hallelujah. And just at the very presence, when His presence touches the, the sphere of the earth, knees will have to bow. Amen. That's the fastest an atheist is going to believe. Amen. I don't believe. I absolutely believe. You know, they said in, in Jerusalem, <coughs> at the mercy gate, where Jesus will return, it's prophecy. It's sealed off. They sealed it off, prophecy. But the Bible says when Jesus returns, he's going to walk through the mercy gate. And, and, and you know what? They've, they've buried 400 Muslim soldiers at the mercy gate. Because they said when Jesus comes back, the Muslims is going to rise and they're going to fight him. Well, first of all, they believe in Jesus coming back. Secondly, they believe in the resurrection of the dead. Thirdly, they're stupid. Because 400, not even 4 million, is enough when Jesus comes back. What are you going to fight? 
You're going to fight yourself. Ah, you're going to fight yourself. You're not going to fight the, the Lord. You're going to bow your knee. How can you say that? How can you talk? I can do whatever I please. I believe in Jesus Christ. Everything else is false. And by the way, let's just say it as it is. I don't care if you're a Muslim, a Buddhist, uh, you believe in, in plants, whatever. Everything comes from the devil. It's one God, the devil. It's just a different name. Squinma or Lucifer or whatever. <coughs> All right, this is a... <laughs> It's just, it's just a different name. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> All right, so it's just a different name. Somebody getting this? There's only one name. And listen, I'm prepared to die for that name. I said, I'm prepared to die for that name. There's only one name, and Jesus Christ is that beautiful name. That's it. Listen, people say, oh, until it happens. You've got no idea what we've been through. My wife and I will be preaching in Malaysia. Muslims came to kill us, set us on fire. And you know what? We just slipped away. Oh. <laughs> they came, they said to us, you know, the night before, they came to see the church light. They couldn't find you. Obviously not. I'm hidden in Christ. Amen. To find me, you have to find him. Amen. And when you find him, you're going to repent and change your ways. <laughs> and, and they're not going to do that. Amen. So here comes... Pilate and he says behold your king behold the king and this is what we're going to crown we're going to crown him as the king of kings and the lord of lords here comes Isaiah and Isaiah says the following in Isaiah chapter 6 he says I saw the lord I saw him seated on a throne this is what kings do they sit on a throne but here he says when I saw this king on a throne I saw him high and lifted up in other words not I didn't see him eyeball to eyeball I saw him there because he's High and lifted up. And, and, and I want you to understand spiritually, what makes him high and lifted up? The worship of heaven. Amen. The worship of his people. High and lifted up. And the Bible says, so he's high and lifted up. And the train of his robe has filled the whole temple. If you study that, the train of, the ro of his robe. Kings, the longer the rope, the more splendor and royal they were. So when Isaiah saw him, or... or when he, when he saw him, he said, I lifted up the throne of his robe, has filled the whole temple. It means that of all the kings in this world that you have seen, you have never seen a king like this. Yeah. The royalty of this king is from another world. And the Bible says, as the throne of his robe is filling the temple, the doorpost of that temple was shaken. Amen. Everything is shaken under the power of God. This is why people fight. Why do you fall over? There's no such thing. Read the Bible. Just in the presence of God, everything shakes. Everything shakes. The Bible says that in, in, in the presence of the Lord, smoke came up. And, and you know what? He, he, this is what he says. He says, I'm going to die. I've seen the Lord. And you know what? He goes on. He says, now, he didn't say, I saw a, a lamb or a man. I saw, a, I saw the Lord seated on the throne. In other words, I saw the king. I saw the king with my own eyes. And, and the Bible goes on, he says, and suddenly I saw seraphims. It's angelic beings. And the, and the Bible speaks about them having six wings. With two, they covered their faces. Why their faces? Because God is so holy that not even the seraphims can look upon him. Amen. They cover their feet out of modesty and respect. And with other two, they were flying. And, and the flying speaks about immediate obedience. And here's the powerful thing, that the same themes tell each other 
how holy he is. Can you imagine one seraphim? He also did the other one. Did you see it? Did you see it? Now I'm talking to you about angelic beings that is in the presence of God every day for all eternity and every single day of every single minute of every single second in our terms they tell each other did you see it did you see how holy this God is now I I, I, I pray that the Holy Spirit will reveal this to you if the seraphims tell each other how holy this God is every day for all eternity imagine how big this God is you think that you've got problems do you know what heaven sees this morning or this day this afternoon this evening a big god so they tell each other how holy he is how holy he is and he said now surely i'm going to die if the seraphims can't even look upon him i've seen him i'm going to die and he says suddenly a seraphim comes from the throne of god from his presence with a life coal and he touches his, his lips and he says the lord purifies you and then he heard the voice from heaven, uh, from the throne, says, Who shall go for us and whom shall we send? And immediately he said, Here I am, Lord, send me. And after that, God said, Tell my people with ears, I'm going to harden their ears. I'm going to close those ears. I'm going to harden their hearts. I'm going to bring judgment. I will not heal them, not until they come back to me. Now, people say, well, I don't feel worthy in the presence of the Lord. Let me tell you what the presence of the Lord does. He makes you worthy. He didn't get this one. An angel came out and says, ah, you've got no excuses. Boom, I'm purifying your lips. You're right now. Now, who can we send? What happens in the presence of God? Immediately, yes, here I am, Lord. Oh, send me. And when the presence lifts, what do I do need to do? How many of you know when the presence of God comes, you hear God's voice? God speaks to you. You do crazy stuff. When the presence lifts, you think to yourself, why did I say that? Why did I do that? Am I crazy? Because that's what the presence of the Lord does. So people say, I can't get into the presence of God. But when you start to heal, the Lord purifies you. Amen. I said, when you, when you heal, He purifies you. Come on, somebody. John said, I saw the ancient of days. The ancient of days. Think about God so big. When the Bible speaks about Him as the ancient of days. That He doesn't sit in eternity. He's too big. Eternity sits in Him. Man, he's so big. Eternity dwells in him. I like what the Bible says, that he's the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. But yet he has no beginning and he has no end. Only God can be so majestic and so big. I want you to hear me right now. When Pilate turned, he said, behold your king. This morning, this is what the Lord wants you to understand. There's a king in heaven that's waiting for you. Can you help me, my friend? There's a king in heaven that's waiting for you to come just as you are. And say, Lord, it's time that I worship at your feet. It's time that we see him face to face. I promise you in the hour that we are living in, your security financially is not going to help you. It's going to fall away. Everything in life is going to get harder and more difficult and more harder and more difficult. This is just the birthing pains before the return of Christ. And I don't know, somebody must hear me right now. But we have to, we must deal with sin. Now and forever. Otherwise, we're not going to see the king. Please hear me. When, when Adam, in the garden, he saw a judge, God that wanted to dwell with him every single day, also judged him and says, because of your sin, there's a penalty, there's a price to pay. I tell you this, that when the enemy brings sin, he doesn't tell you what the penalty is. He just turns it up and makes it look nice. 
puts a ribbon on it and you think, wow, this is, this is God. But the, he doesn't show you the T's and C's. And yes, I'm young, but I'm still a preacher that preaches holiness. I believe without holiness, no man shall see God. Why do I believe that? Because my Bible says that. Without holiness, no man shall see God. And there's a cry. Heaven is crying for holiness this morning. I believe it with all my heart. The Lord said to me, righteousness, separation, holiness. That's what is requiring of the church. Or else we will see what Isaiah has seen with his own eyes. Tell my people, because they didn't turn off their ways. I'm going to harden their hearts. They, they with ears, they will not hear no more. You know, I've said this before the lockdown. I'm going to say this again. This whole lockdown did one thing. It, it brings a shaking between the, root, the, the truth and the false. The true people of God and those who are sitting on the fence. There's no more playing on the fence. You know, my mind on, 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 on planting a church, this church is two years old. So for my mind was, you have to grow the church. You have to grow the church. Until the Lord rebuked me one night. He said, you have to grow my people. Doesn't help you have a thousand people in your church and ten is saved. You have to make sure that the people in your church hears the truth, nothing but the truth. And there's one thing that is so strong on me, and I, I, I tell you this: is the Lord wants your intimacy. We always say we are waiting on the Lord. That's that's wrong. He's waiting on us. He's always there. Listen, Adam, where are you? He was there. Adam wasn't there. You know, my wife always tells me, this is my covenant of the Lord. She has a covenant of the Lord. I have a covenant of the Lord. She's got a covenant of peace. That's a Noah covenant. It's a covenant of peace. And the covenant I have is, I, I, like, to, I like to say this, that it's, it's like with Moses, I'll be with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. So what happens is, when I preach, and suddenly the presence of the Lord shows up. Why? That's my covenant. But sometimes you can fall into that and you know, you think to yourself, he's going to show up because that's his, his nature. But do you know when you slip up and not spending enough time, one day the day will come that you will wait and you will not show up. Is somebody listening to me? This is why we have to come to a place in life where you know that nothing else in this world matters but Christ Jesus. And you behold the King. You understand that he's the only one I need. There's nothing else in this world that I, that I need. And, and you have to come to a place, and please hear me, people of God, the way you hate sin with a passion. You hate sin with a passion. That's when you start to love Jesus Christ. You know, I want you to hear me. A couple of years ago, I was going through, through something. You know, I was, I was, uh, uh, I was so, so stuck in depression. 12 years of age, I wanted to commit suicide with my mom. And depressed, as you can you can't even imagine. And I've struggled depression for years. If I say depression, I'm talking about deep, deep depression. So deep, I don't want to, my, my wife knows exactly what I've been through. And until one day, I was praying. And the Lord revealed something to me. And, and people are going to say, this man has lost his marbles. But I did it. I said, devil, you better hear me right now. And I knew the devil was listening to me. Why? Because suddenly fear came in. No peace, fear. I knew the devil is here now. I said, you, you devil, you better hear me. The Bible says all authority has been given me. I'm going to remind you where your place is. You are not equal to me. No longer will you speak to me. Will you lie to me? You are under my feet. I've dealt with that thing head on. And never again. 
I said, never again. I didn't go to a doctor. I, I, I used to pull the gospel, by the way. And I, I, I stood my ground and I said, enough is enough. Because the king is greater than the depression. I said, the king is greater than the depression. And, and so, so when you start to seek the Lord, you know, things of this world fades away. You, 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 get, a, you get an anger for the things of this world. This is why it's important to understand that when you love Christ, you live like He wants you to live. Uh, people always get mad at me if I say these things, but you know, either you're going to be mad at me or God's going to be mad at me. But you know, sin is sin in the eyes of God. It doesn't matter how you, you know what I hate? Here it comes. I hate it when a couple that is boyfriend and girlfriend give each other marital rights. Oh my man, he's not your husband. He's your boyfriend. And oh, but we have been together for 10 years. So what? He's not your husband. He's your boyfriend. And so when we buy that, what we do is we say, well, that's right. And what, what's, what's right next? Abortions. We have to, it's wrong. I said it's wrong. You know, people, people in today, in the hour we're living in, lust has taken over the world. Let me say this to you. It's a fact. They say more women looks at pornography than men today. Facts. More women are stuck on pornography than men. And you know that what the problem is, we've heard it in South Africa. I've read an article about this where they say if they can ask the woman of South Africa to please dress more appropriately, then there will not be so many rape cases. So in what society do we think that if a woman has something short on, now she's a victim, we can rape her? It's demonic. And the only reason for that is because there's lust in you. Don't get this. If you walk in a mall and you walk somebody and you do this, it's because of lust. Lust is the issue. Now you don't get this. Jesus said, you have to lay down lust. But I'm not doing it. Well, let me just say to you in the words of Jesus, even if you look upon a woman, upon a man, thinking, it's already done. Oh, in her. Facts. That's grace, by the way. That's grace, by the way. We have to be so holy. Do you know what? Let me say this to you. I'm going to finish almost. Right. Give me one more hour. I fear with a holy, holy fear to step out of line. Because I know that I know that I know I've seen too much. If I step out of line, the devil will kill me. Trust me. Because the holiness of God is so holy. If that doesn't change your whole lifestyle, nothing will. Trust me, I, I, if I go to a mall, I don't care how I look. I will go in my pajama brook. And then I look sometimes and say, you know, some people stop me in the mall and say, is any pastor in It's not me. I really don't care what people feel. I always tell my wife, how do I look? You look good. Somebody else will tell me, yes, you look bad. My wife said, I look good. I look good. <laughs> Period. Who knows what I'm talking about? Does this pants make me look fat? No, my husband, you look... Thank you. Like a fat? Amen? She says she, she grows with me. So even if I... She grows with me. But at the end of the day, it, we, we shouldn't live for the approval of people. We should live for the approval of one. And Jesus Christ is His name. Behold the King. Behold your King. I said, behold your King. 
What is the most important thing in your life right now? That's your king. I said, that's your king. You have to make sure that Jesus is Alpha and Omega when everything means nothing to you. God will give you everything. God will give you everything. Don't seek the things of the world. Seek Him. The things will come and seek you out. You don't have to look for a blessing when you, when you spend the time with the King. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It just came to me. I have favor with the King. If I spend time with Him, what does the King do? He sends His eunuchs. He sends his soldiers. I don't, I'm just spending time with the king. And when you have favor with the king, you have everything in life. You don't need much. The blessing will seek you out. These people ask me, what are you going to do in South Africa? And, 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 you know, I have favor with the king. But South Africa doesn't have a king. Oh, no, I have a king. I said, I have a king. And he's high and lifted up. The twain of his rope is filling the temple. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Come on, who is this Lord of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty to save. The King of glory. The whole earth is filled with his glory. His name is Wonderful. Counselor. Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. Rock of Ages. Lion of the tribe of Judah. Bright and morning star. By the way, he's the only true bright and morning star. He is the lily in my valley. He's the rose of Sharon. He is my great provider, my healer, my redeemer. He's my friend. He's the Lord of relationship. Come on, He's the gateway to glory. Hallelujah. He's the highway to holiness. The Lord, my righteousness. Come on, He's my hiding place, my tower. Hallelujah. The perfect man, the savior of the world, the king of kings, the sinner savior. Hallelujah. The righteous friends. Come on, he's Alpha, he's Omega, he's beginning, and he's the end. He's from everlasting to everlasting. I'm talking to you about my King. He is Jehovah Jireh, he's Jehovah Tzikuni, Jehovah Rofeka, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah El Elyon. He's mine, and I am his, the apple of his eye. My hiding place, my place called there. My all-sufficient Savior, the lover of my soul, oh, the most precious jewel. Come on, he is the balm of Gilead. Come on, somebody, I'm speaking to you right now, the Savior, your Redeemer, your friend, a captain of over a thousand. More precious than all the gold, more precious than all the silver. Right now in heaven, there's Worshipping angels that cry out, He's holy. Right now in heaven, there's elders that fall on their knees and say, Lord, only you are worthy. Doesn't matter what you go through right now. You have a great king. Let me say that one more time. High and lifted up. Why high? He's above your storm. He's higher than your mountain. Come on, He's higher than what you face. He's bigger than the doctor's report. High and lifted up. The train of his robe filled the whole temple. The whole temple, it speaks about his splendor, his glory. There's no one like Jesus. You can look left, you can look right. You can look up, you can look down. You will never find Jesus in any, any, any human form like him himself. 
There's no higher name than the name of Jesus. Hear me right now. Just hear this. Jesus. 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 What a name. That name brings salvation. It brings healing. Demons are running away at the mention of that name Jesus. I don't have to shout it. I just believe in that name Jesus. I believe in what that name means. And by the way, if you haven't read it, I tell you this, we have the power of eternity. In other words, when I pray in the name of Jesus, it's like Jesus himself gave the command. When I say devil in the name of Jesus, it's like Jesus himself gave that command to that devil. My God is in this place. Can't you feel him? Can't you experience him? Behold your king. Do me a favor, lift those hands, close those eyes. There's a presence of the Lord filling this house. The King of heaven. The great, great King. You know, He's touching people. Can we go into strings? 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 Marco Premandich Nebramasso Tolo Robo Shikandri. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. How we long for your beautiful presence. You know, our worship has become a sweet smelling aroma in the presence of God. Right now, we establish a throne for you to dwell in, Lord. Worship See, every eye is closed. Hear me. So I said, I saw him high. High and lifted up. Higher than your problem. Higher than that mountain. Higher than the hurt that you feel. Higher than the rejection you face. High and lifted up. Your king is higher than any mountain that you face. Right now, I don't want you to behold the lamb. I don't want you even to behold the man. I want you to behold the king. Behold your king. Come on, every eye closed, please. Every hand lifted to him. Holy Spirit, as only you can. I pray, make him real. Make Jesus real to every heart right now. I give you a word that never comes back void. I pray touch your people right now. Come on, Adam, where are you? Adam, where are you? Why aren't you in the presence of God, Adam? Adam, where are you? Kira Please, I beg you, healed right now. Don't reject the king. Don't reject the king. Forget about the people around you right now. Forget about everything. It's you and the king. It's you and the king right now. Oh, you're holy. 
dying for us on the cross took our place. Thank you this day. You can stay with your righteousness. Thank you for your presence. We thank you that we might know that our names have been written. The Lamb's Book of Life. Glorify your sweet and holy name. There's no one like you, Master Jesus. I'm almost done. Just hear this quickly. He showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. And in the middle of its streets and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. There shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. And his servants shall serve him. They shall see his face. And his name shall be on their foreheads. There shall be no night there. They need no lamp. Nor light of the sun. For the Lord God gives them light. And they shall reign forever. And forever. Then he said to me, these words are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent angels to show his servants. The things which must shortly take place. Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, precious Jesus. I pray for your people that this week will be a week of visitation that they will behold their king every single day thank you Lord that you're not coming back as a lamb but you're coming back as a victorious king and I pray your people will behold the king every single day that this week will be a week of turnaround because in your presence there's more than enough I pray that people will receive revelation the more time they spend with you the more needs will be met I thank you, Lord, that in your presence there's not hard work. It's just yield, submit, and surrender. And this is my prayer for your people in the name of Jesus. Set them free by your mighty power. Touch them, change them forever and forever and forever. In Jesus' mighty and glorious name. Come on, and the people of God, say amen and amen. Give Jesus an extra shout of praise. Who enjoyed this, by the way? Behold the King. Behold the King. There is so much, so much revelation in the Word of God. If we start to study the Word of the Lord more and more. And I want you to do me a favor. Do yourself a favor. Spend time with the Lord. Amen. Trust me, it's worth it. It's worth it. People tell me, Vesel, what is the, the greatest thing to tell the Lord? What do you, what's the, the biggest secret to tell the Lord? <clears throat> I tell him my heart. In a platoon, he says what I can. I don't use high words when I go to the Lord. Hi, Lord, it's me, Basil Dubrine. <laughs> Thou art. I art not there, but I don't do that. He knows my name. Amen. Heaven knows when Basil is coming. Why do, how, do, how does heaven know when this is coming? Because I'm that persistent fellow that doesn't stop banging on heaven's door. That's me. I'm, the, I'm that one. Ask oh, Basil over here. 
Can we just answer him, Lord? Get him right. That's me. I'm the persistent guy. Be persistent of the Lord. And I promise you, his presence will take over. And I've, I've learned this in my life that, you know, I face, I think we face more things that, that people can ever imagine. But what keeps us strong is the presence. And in the presence of God, I get challenged continuously. But I found there's depths to God that I haven't seen before. And so the more you seek Him, the more you spend time with Him, the deeper the revelation becomes. Are you with me? And then you'll soon find out that you've got no worries. You've got a big God. And uh, do you know what I'm working for now? I'm working for that crown. That's it. Nothing else matters. In this life, everything in this life is going to pass. But what we do for eternity is going to matter forever and forever and forever. And that, that's where I am. And I hope you are there. I don't care about where will be my next holiday. Really, I don't. I know God, if I seek Him, the holiday will come. Someone will come and say, Oh, I'm going to holiday. But my job is to seek the Lord. And to seek that crown. And to run for that crown like never before. So I want you to pray with us. Pray for the ministry. Pray for the church. Um, there's a lot of things that the Lord is doing behind the scenes. Last month, we haven't heard this yet. Last month, we've reached one million people with the gospel. That's without television. It's just one million people that we've reached in various ways. And I thank God for that. You know, a million people. There's a million extra people that can be in heaven because we preach the gospel. I, I, I wonder how many, when you get into heaven, how many people say, I'm here because of you. I'm here because of what you preached. I was angry at you, but... I'm here now. Thank God. Amen. Hallelujah. So we're going to give you an opportunity to sow a seed. What I want to do, I want to show you something. We have partner forms. A very quicker way to become a partner and to help us reach the lost. So I have a couple of these. It doesn't matter. I think it's anything from 100 grand upwards that you sow. Like you sow normally in church. Now it's just a debit order. It goes directly into the ministry. It helps us to reach the whole world. I always see this and when you speak about money, people go like, oh, yeah. do not give if you have that mentality, please. It's a curse. You know, I was preaching in a church the one day and the pastor told me to take up the offering. So, and he said the offering must come to our ministry. And there was a lot of people. So I took up the offering. While I took up the offering, the Lord said to me, you do not take this offering. They don't give with pure hearts. They give grudgingly. You take it, it's a curse. You don't take that money. So I did the best I can. I said, this money does not go to our ministry. You take it. They, they said, why? They asked, why do you do that? I said, because it's a cursing. It's not a blessing. I said, you take the curse. Jesus says, who, who receives you, you release the blessing. Not the curse, you receive the, release the blessing. So I, I've learned that when it comes to giving, giving is not for the church. Giving helps me. Because I promise you this. That's the only thing that's going to help you in, in the lockdown. I know a lot of preachers that suffered in the lockdown, personally. A lot of them that didn't even have food. Why? Because there was no church. Nobody took care of them. I know a lot of preachers that were there for their, for their church members. And when the lockdown struck, I know preachers at 60 years old that the church board has kicked them out because they're considered too old. They don't have a pension fund. They don't have a house. They don't have medical aid. They have a family kicked to the curb. I know exactly. And when I speak to them, I said, you know what? Our eyes must be turned away from people. Become a sower. Because people will go back on their word, but not God. Amen. Not God's word. If you sow, God will take care of you. Let me tell you. I can, I, can, I can tell you. My wife can stand next to me and tell you how miracles happen with food. I can tell you stories. 
You just think about, Lord, there's a Kentucky will be nice. And then somebody gets to your door. Here's a Kentucky. I don't know why. Who are you? I'm just saying. I'm just a messenger. Here's a Kentucky. Thank you, Jesus. I, 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 I don't listen, bro. There's no listen, bro. But in this church, you won't get goosebumps or Kentucky. You're going to get the real deal. But it's, it's your giving. So let me just get back to that. It's your giving that's going to keep you in this, in this hour. I spoke to a guy. He said to me, not all the investments in the world is going to help what's coming to the, to, the, to the world. He says the storm is coming. People don't realize this. He said the only thing is that that's going to keep people is their sewing account. Because that's what, one thing that God doesn't forget. There's details on the screen. There's a card machine in the back. For those of you that want to become a partner of us, our ministry, and when you can become a partner, obviously to reach the souls. So you can come to me and I'll show you the form. And this is basically a covenant. Your signature will be on it, but it's a covenant for souls. God bless you. Please make sure to book your seat for Sunday. If our government doesn't change the laws, then you're going to have to book your seat again. So like, please make sure to, to send the, your email via the app or at rsvp at God bless you. Thank you.